0: On this episode, we talk about four mistakes you might not even realize that you are making in regards to sermon and Bible class presentations. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. Hello and welcome back to the Technically Speaking podcast, the show where ministry and technology meet. I am your host, Jack Dodgen. And today I want to talk to you about PowerPoint presentations and more specifically the mistakes uh, that people make when they're trying to craft these presentations. Uh, it could be a Bible class or a, a sermon or maybe a sermon series uh, where you sit down and you really want to to give a little extra Umph to the stuff that you were presenting. And so you put a PowerPoint with it, help people to follow along better and all those things. Uh, It's especially common among ministers my age. It's just something that you do, uh, though uh, a lot of my lessons have actually not had a PowerPoint these days. um, But uh, that is still something I look at and go, man, I wish I had done that as opposed to You know, I I don't feel like I need it. I still feel like I need to have those things. So when I don't do them, I feel bad. uh, And when I do accomplish them, I feel like I've done exactly what I'm supposed to do when preparing a lesson. Uh, And a lot of uh, ministers my age feel that way. They just create PowerPoint presentations to go along with their lessons. Uh, There are many ministers I know that are older as well, uh, who even if they don't know how to make them themselves, they see the visual aspect as important, and get others to make those things for them. Uh, Today, I want to focus on four mistakes. I think there are more than just these four. These are the four that came to my mind as I was uh, sitting down and preparing the the outline for this. Uh, So there are certainly more, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on more mistakes, or mistakes that you've noticed uh, when people present, or maybe mistakes that you have made yourself uh, after this show is over, and I'll talk at the end of this show uh, how you can get in contact with me and let me know those things. And I also have a special announcement about some stuff going on with Strong Church, which is where this podcast and many other podcasts and articles and things are uploaded to. Uh, so if you're not a uh, a fan already, go to the Strong Church Facebook page and give us a like. We've got a lot of things coming up, and I'll have an announcement at the end of this show as well for you. All right, four mistakes. Uh, that people make when they're working on PowerPoint presentations. The first is this, posting points before you present them. Uh, It's not uncommon, and you've probably seen this before, where a guy is giving a a three-point sermon or something like that, and the screen behind him as he advances from kind of his his title slide into his uh, more of the body, all three points will come up at the same time. What happens when you do that is the same thing that teachers try to avoid when they hand you a packet syllabus. Uh, It's the same thing that happens whenever you are uh, sitting at some kind of business meeting or something and they give you a load of papers. They tell you, don't look ahead. Follow along with me. I remember hearing that in school all the time because they know kids are curious. People are curious. We want to look ahead. We want to be ahead of the curve. We want to know what's coming up. Uh, we want to have the answers, and when we know that the preacher who we've listened to for however long uh, has kind of a a formula, because that's how uh, speakers tend to go, there's a formula with how they do things, uh, then you know, okay, there's three points, that's what I need to be on the lookout for, oh look, they're all on the screen right now. Uh, it's especially worse if you have the fill-in-the-blank outline situation going on Uh, because people know exactly what they need to get. And when they see it on screen, fill out blank number one, fill out number two, fill out number three, and now I can tune out. Okay, and I've seen that happen. I've been on both sides of that, being the the listener and the speaker, uh, and watched people tune out because I gave too much information, uh, and they took it all in, and then they checked out. Uh, That's the biggest problem with this mistake is... While, while it may be more convenient to have all those things on one slide, then you can go down and kind of talk about each one at your own pace. That's not how listening works. People are going to see that, they're going to read over that, and they're ultimately going to tune you out as the speaker. Now, you as a speaker know that those bullet points you've put on your slide don't tell the whole story. Okay, Those are just the bare minimum Uh, summary points of the the biblical text that you're working with, the application you're going to put with it, uh, the illustrations that tie all those things together. But the people sitting and listening to you, a lot of them, if they see that everything they're waiting for throughout the lesson is already up there, it's very likely that they're going to tune you out. So one of the first mistakes you can make, one of the biggest ones you can make, is posting your points before you start talking about them. It can seriously derail uh, the attention of the listening audience that you're speaking to uh, and keep them from hearing anything you have to say because you've already given them everything they think uh, they need to know. Here is problem number two, and it goes, all these are going to build on each other a little bit. Number two is this, using bullet points... Uh, in parentheses, without imagery. Uh, so this is kind of a, a two-part thing here uh, on number two. Problem number two A uh, is using bullet points in the first place, uh, and problem number two B is not using imagery uh, with those points. There's nothing wrong with having points. Um, whenever you go into a default program in PowerPoint, you, you just want to use one of the templates that they have Uh, already built, and just insert what you need, you know, insert your words into their text boxes and things like that, you're going to get bullet points. And the reason for that is PowerPoint and Keynote and other uh, programs similar to those were not created for sermons. They weren't created for preachers. They weren't created for Bible class teachers. Uh, They were created for business presentations, and so you have, you know, up there on the the ribbon and Microsoft uh, PowerPoint, things like that, that you can just go to and insert this chart or insert this kind of graph or just pull up these bullet points. Because when you're in a business meeting, you want to stand up there and just, you know, fire out info after info after info. And here's the breakdown and here's the money that's coming in and going out and here are the sales and et cetera, et cetera. That's not what you want in a sermon. And yet the bullet point thing, that's what's there, it's what's easy, that's what's, you know, default in the program. Uh, And it's not uncommon to see people using bullet points to, okay, we're just going to list and we're going to bullet out our uh, points and leave it at that. Uh, The problem with that is, the biggest problem is the imagery side of things, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, But the other problem with that is, is it's just not, it doesn't do anything to connect what's being said with uh, your lesson. It's just a a sentence that you've already said or that you're about to say when it appears on screen, uh, and that's all that it is. Uh, And the reason for PowerPoint should be to add a visual element to the lesson you're presenting. Some people uh, are very good at uh, auditory, and that's how they learn. They just need to hear it, and they'll take those things in. Some people want to write, and so they have outlines or uh, places where they can write down what the lesson is. Some people need to see it, and words on a screen doesn't really fulfill that learning requirement for them. Uh, it's It, it doesn't... It doesn't do for the visual learner what you speaking does for the auditory learner or somebody writing an outline does for the, uh, the more you know, kinesthetic uh, kind of learner who needs to touch things uh, in order to, to learn and to remember. And so the, the thing I would caution there is not so much the bullet points of it, though there is a better way to do this. Uh, but it's not so much the bullet point side of it as it is text text on a background isn't good enough to visually communicate to a visual learner what they need to hear. It won't stick with them. They may see it and they may go, oh, that's what he's talking about, but it's not something that's going to stick with them. And and ultimately, uh, at least I hope so, you're preaching not for that hour. You're giving a message that they can take home that night throughout the week, something they can remember and use in the future. Well, you've got a large part of your audience, especially as our uh, culture becomes more and more visual. It's all about the spectacle of movies and things like that. You've got a large part of your uh, congregation that learns that way. And so you need to make sure that instead of bulleted points, uh, you're using uh, imagery and things that communicate better to them on that level. Uh, And that's the other part. Uh, The importance of, of... images is huge Uh, and we'll talk here a moment about what not to do uh, with pictures uh, in a couple different ways Uh, but using images even if you're going to go the i'm going to use text make sure you have images with that as well people need to see what you're talking about the people who the people who care about visual learning need to see what you're talking about. And so if one of your illustrations has to do with an orange, put up a picture of an orange. uh, And we'll talk a little more about pictures and what to do with those in this show and uh, I'm sure in in other episodes as well. Uh, But that's just such an important part of this. The the visual text is not enough. Uh, There needs to be imagery with that. And that's a mistake a lot of people make saying, well, if I just put my outline and slap it up on the screen that will be good enough. Uh, It won't be for people who are visual learners. Uh, So mistake number one, posting points before you present them. Number two, using bullet points without imagery. Number three, moving pictures. Uh, It's a great, great album name, not so great for your uh, PowerPoint presentations. Uh, It's the same reason as problem number one, posting your points before you present them. uh, Because when you have a picture that's moving, uh, maybe you have a really cool... Uh, transition that you want to do and the text bounces in or the the words spin in or this image just comes you know flying in off screen nobody's listening to you at that point point. Uh, and I've I've seen slides with uh, blinking images I've seen slides with you know the background it, it was a full image slide but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a stationary thing. It was on a loop. So every uh, five or seven seconds, something like that, it would re- replay the image. Uh, and it was actually, uh, I, I saw this during communion, it was a candle uh, at a table and there was bread there and then you had uh, you know juice there that was all on the table and you had this candle and the candle would flicker. In every, I think I counted, it was about five seconds You could tell there was a hard reset in the loop and it would start doing it over again. You know what I wasn't thinking about during communion when that was going on? I wasn't thinking about the Lord remembering his death until he comes. I was thinking about, I wonder how often that resets on the slide. It was a distraction. Uh, And in that case, uh, it was a distraction from uh, communion. I've also seen those things during preacher presentations where there's this thing blinking on the screen. And as much as I want to look and listen to and give my attention to the one presenting God's word to me, I can't help but see that blinking red light out of the corner of my eye on the screen. And, you know, there's two screens on either side of the, uh, there's one screen on either side of the speaker. And it doesn't matter where I look, I'm seeing these things uh, flashing, and I have to look at them. Uh, maybe that's just me being too uh, distracted, uh, too easily distracted. Maybe not. Uh, and I've talked with people as well about this kind of stuff. It bothers them too. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people. Some people will go up and say, that was really cool. I thought the text flying, you know, that was awesome. It's more distracting than anything. Uh, and again, you're not writing these messages so that nobody will hear you. You're writing them, spending time studying, working on these lessons to present God's word to people who need to hear that message each week. Don't undo all of that week's work because you wanted a cool looking effect on your slide. All right, uh, number four. Uh, and the the last one that we'll talk about here on this episode, though we may we may even in this next episode do a... Uh, kind of follow up more addition uh, than just these four mistakes. Because even as I'm speaking, I'm thinking of some more. Uh, Number four, using images that do not reiterate or support your point. All right, so let's say you have moved on past, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to put text up there. I'm not going to do moving uh, pictures and things like that. I'm just going to uh, use an image, maybe have one word. That is how I tend to do it. And uh, I do intend to write an article, covering this topic to show you, uh, those of you who are more visual, what I'm talking about uh, in regards to uh, PowerPoint presentations. Uh, But maybe you've said, okay, I'm going to really focus on uh, imaging and using images to support my point. You have to make sure that whatever images you use support your point. Uh, I have been in situations where some guy is talking about Uh, he's, he's, he's going on about faith and that's, that's the, the crux of what he's getting at. And it's point number three and he's winding down. He's working towards the, the big conclusion of his lesson. And the picture on the screen is a dog. And eventually, maybe, uh, that dog will tie into faith. He's got an illustration about a dog or whatever, but for the five minutes that he's talking about faith, that he doesn't mention anything about a dog, I'm looking at the screen and going, what in the world is that dog doing there? Why is there a picture of a dog up there? What, what does that have to do with anything? And then, you know, it comes around and I go, oh, okay. But it took five minutes to get there. And for that five minutes, I wasn't hearing his his point very well. I was just looking at the picture. I was trying to think, why would you use that? Uh, it's, it's worse for me as somebody who speaks. Uh, I pay attention. I see things... Uh, and this is true of any occupation you're in when you're seeing somebody else do it. you see a lot of the small things that other people wouldn't notice. Well, I pay attention to that stuff you know it, why Why would the speaker choose to use the picture of a dog when he's talking about such and such subject? How will this connect? Is there a verse I'm missing? is there some what what's the angle he's gonna go with here and I think about all that and before I know it I've just forgotten all about the speaker uh And I've been in places where uh, the speaker did come around and say, you know, here's what the picture of the dog is about, and it all clicks, but even still, those few moments that they lost me, they lost me, and you want to keep the attention of the people you're speaking to as much as you can. Uh, and And try to keep their focus and hold on to them as you develop uh, this lesson over over the course of the lesson. Uh, so you have to make sure that your images don't detract from your point, that they have to do with what it is you're talking about. Uh, I have before used uh, images that just seem really off to what it is that I'm talking about uh, but i I addressed it immediately. Uh, and I used it for the sake of kind of jarring people a little bit. I wanted to use the visual as kind of a, whoa, that doesn't make sense. And then e- explain it to kind of pull people who maybe if they haven't been with me, uh, you know, it's we're, we're 20 minutes in and we're coming to the end, but they're kind of checking out. I wanted something to jar a little bit. And so I used a visual for that. Uh, I, I did something with uh, talking about belief Uh, And I had a picture of a guy, a black and white picture of a guy crossing a tightrope over Niagara Falls, which was a real thing that happened. Uh, That was the picture that I used, uh, but it didn't really seem to have a lot to do with belief. And so I introduced the third point, talking about belief in regards to, you know, my main overall point. And then I said, this picture, this picture looks real weird, but let me tell you about the guy in the picture. Because I could tell people they looked up they saw believe they wrote it down on their paper if they were taking notes and they thought and I could see them not looking at me why what what is that what does that have to do with belief and so I used that as a way to say hey you know I know you're looking at it let's talk about it and now I've used their distraction uh, used the image that was a distraction as a way to bring people alongside me again for the final few minutes of the lesson. That is something you can do. Uh, and I've seen that done well, much better than the example I just gave you. I've seen people really use uh, imagery to kind of jar the audience, not not shock or anything like that, but to really keep them with you going, you know, what in the world's going on uh, and use that throughout the lesson. One, one lesson I saw just for one more example here before we close up, uh, in between all of his slides, there was a picture of a penguin that increasingly got larger now you only saw it for like a just a split half of a second and it was just there and it moved on to the next thing but the whole time as slides were being advanced and there were probably only like 10 slides or whatever uh, so it wasn't often but it was often enough that you were sitting there going what in the world is the penguin do what he hasn't said anything about a penguin he's not talking about penguins this is a bible class why is there a penguin that keeps popping up and why does it keep getting bigger and what's the deal with that When we got to the end of the lesson, the slide had the big penguin on there, and he said, you know, this is why I used it. And it actually tied into what he was talking about. Uh, And it was very well done. Now, it was a long time ago, but I still remember it uh, because of how effective that was. It was a jarring type of thing uh, to keep us along with him. Uh, That is a thing that you can do. But in those scenarios the image is still reinforcing the point that the presenter is trying to make. You've got to make sure if you're going to go the route of imagery, and I think you should uh, because of the visual learners uh, that are in your listening audience, uh, if you're going to go the route of imagery, you need to make sure that it doesn't detract from what you're saying and that it enhances and supports what you're talking about. In the same way that the people who need to write need a pen and paper, the people who need to see it, if you're talking about an illustration about snakes, use an image that has snakes on it and get to it and help the person who's hearing you see it so that it sticks with them better. Those are four mistakes, just the four that we're covering today. There are some more as we went through this that I thought, okay, I should have talked about this. I should talk about this again. So we're going to do another episode on this. Uh, We also will do an episode stated in the positive uh, about Things that you should be doing in your uh, PowerPoint presentations to really make them as effective as they can be. Uh, So just be planning on hearing those things over the course of the next couple episodes. I'll also try to make a Strong Church article uh, covering, uh, I guess I'm going to do it for this episode, I need to do it for the two following as well. Uh, so that you who are visual can really see what I'm talking about as far as what slides look bad, what slides look good, uh, and how they actually help uh, people looking for the visual uh, stimuli in their learning. I want to know... Uh, what mistakes you've thought of, uh, what things that maybe uh, you'd really like me to focus on when it comes to mistakes and PowerPoint presentations. You can do that by commenting below uh, here on the Strong Church Facebook page or emailing me at jdaviddodgeon at gmail.com. We are currently, uh, well, it used to be you could email jack at strongchurch.org, but our domain kind of ran out on that. And so haven't been able to email me there for a little while. However, and this is the big announcement I, I teased you with at the beginning, uh, we are moving back to strongchurch.org. Uh, we've been uh, on a uh, we've been sharing our content with a friend for a while now, but we have uh, decided to move back to our own uh, domain there at strongchurch.org. And so uh, here in just a little while, we'll be back to that. You'll be able to see our stuff there again. Uh, and so be on the lookout for that. Like the Strong Church Facebook page to to see when that goes up, and to also see some of the other things that we'll be adding to our lineup of content uh, with our articles and our other podcasts. Uh, Let me know what you think about this episode, uh, mistakes that we've missed, mistakes that you'd like for me to cover uh, here in the future, as well as some other topics you'd like for me to talk about in regards to ministry and technology. I'm Jack. This has been the Technically Speaking Podcast, and we'll see you next time.